0: Hey Costa. You got me nervous, dude. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready.
1: No, you know what? Because you're a man who likes to like always have a game plan. Always wants to have your, you know, your ducks in a row. You
0: mean like organized? Yeah, yeah.
1: I don't live in that world.
0: Certainly not. <laughs> he came into me for a meeting yesterday, which shocked me, and I, I can't even describe the piece of paper he had. First of all, it was like it was like brown butcher paper, and it was cut in the shape of an L. Yeah, so you know, well, it was
1: construction you... paper that kids were making like reindeers on, and I said. What better way to come up with an outline for mm-hmm. the freshman retreat?
0: The things you wrote on the paper were valuable. I've just never had a meeting like that before.
1: <laughs> That's serious, and yet you couldn't take me serious. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so what's on your mind this morning?
1: Oh, I just want to let you know that I've gotten good reactions from all the students about the Christmas gift I got you. That's what you want to talk about? Oh, yeah. No, it's a you – will, you will get this. You will receive this gift. The day before we go on break, next Tuesday.
0: You say that threateningly. You will receive this gifts. gift and you will love it. Oh, it's you, gifts plural now? Gifts. Oh, no, it's gifts. Is this make up for all the other four years I've given you stuff? And
1: and I've never given, given you anything?
0: No. Or yeah, an right. acknowledgement. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: Which I felt kind of bad about.
0: Kind good. of. I feel good about that. I feel good that you feel bad.
1: <laughs> but I feel like you grew up an only child and you never knew what it was like to have a brother. And so That's very true. So, like, I'm the younger brother you never wanted. Wanted. And I, um, I, I really want to emphasize younger.
0: <laughs> that's fair. But, but you're not guilty of me in getting you anything. No, not at all. Because I just, I, just, I mean, it's time. I fun with this. At this time, I could get you some. No, I just I don't, don't want to. No. I I'm tired. I, I don't want to get you anything for Christmas.
1: <laughs> right. No, no, no. That's okay.
0: All right. I will have been given
1: the gift of Christmas from you by looking at your reaction. It's very thematic.
0: Okay. And you're telling all the kids about this.
1: And they like it.
0: All right. Okay. Well, as long as they like it, that that's really all that's important.
1: And they would love to see you appreciate it. Okay. On Wednesday. On the so day- it's
0: going to be next Wednesday I'm getting it?
1: No, you're going to get it on Tuesday. Okay. But I want you to share it with the school
0: on Wednesday. What do you mean share it with the school? Like uh, people I run into? Or you want me to go in the announcements in the morning?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That would be good.
0: Oh, yeah. That'll go over well. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Okay,
1: you'll come with me to do the morning prayer.
0: I will come with you again. Another demand. Who knows? I might be out for a procedure or something. So, I, 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 this
1: is the this is the, what this time of the year is all about, though. Procedures. <laughs> Gift giving.
0: Can I tell that story? Yeah. So, if you're listening, again, why? But if you're here. I, oh, I I don't know if you think that we talk often, and we've alluded to the fact, or said very clearly the fact: we really don't talk much. The conversations you hear are the major conversations we're having. So last we had a really busy, busy week last week.
1: I'm just laughing now because. I...
0: <laughs> so this this is my life. I'm telling you right now. So Friday morning, Father Dave doesn't really work on Fridays. He he takes a three day weekend. He's off Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And he um so Friday comes in from Mass <laughs> and says the morning prayer, make it seem like he's here. And then, then he leaves. So we're having a brief meeting with the other campus minister, uh Madalena and, and myself. So I said to him, I will see you Tuesday and he said, Oh yeah, right, right. You're having a procedure. So what I was doing is Saturday morning I left. I went to Belize for the weekend to scout a possible mission trip we're going to offer at St. John's. And, and he knew about this. But not only was I not having a procedure, I, I was not I was going to be on another continent. And he had no recollection. And I was, it was a, something I was doing for campus ministry. It wasn't something I was doing for myself, for my family. It's not – I was taking a few days off. I had a series of meetings on Saturday and Sunday, I, met I'm with village it. leaders – in Georgetown, Belize, it was it was a I think promising. We're going to see if we could offer it to students. We're not sure yet. <laughs> so, your
1: facial expression was great—the complete dazed look, and you're like,
0: "No, I'm not," <laughs> because you really have no idea what's going on in the school. It's it's stunning. <laughs> well, t- yesterday
1: was a dress down day, so if you chipped in five dollars as a faculty member or a student.
0: And all that money is given to um, local parishes. Local parishes. Yep.
1: Uh, then you can, then you know, you can dress down using SJB attire, right? And you know, just feel relaxed for the day. And so I wasn't just prepared for that. So today's a half day. Mm-hmm. So I dressed down. Okay. <laughs> I
0: was the only one dressed down. You wear the same thing every day, anyway. So I'm not really sure why it matters.
1: <laughs> right. I just didn't want. I just didn't. You didn't know, I feel like wearing the
0: collar today. No?
1: It needs to be cleaned.
0: Okay. Oh, okay. Is that the reason?
1: I, it's really a laundry issue, guys. Well,
0: I hope you donated $5. <laughs> I so, don't have it. I spent
1: it on your Christmas gift.
0: gift. <laughs> very good way to tie it all together. It's uh, very impressive.
1: <laughs> oh, dude, why don't you take it? I'm still st- I can't let la- I can't. can't My
0: procedure. Show- oh. um, I- it's time to be professional now. Let's let's give it a shot. We're up to the fourth Sunday of Lent. Lent here, I did it Lent. again.
1: This Dude, why do you love to be tortured? Why can't you just receive joy in your life? It's I, the fourth week of Advent.
0: I think you know my personality. I probably prefer the uh, the penitential over the joyous. That's kind of who I am. That's yeah, why you're not getting a Christmas gift.
1: My- <laughs> no truer statement <laughs> has ever been made.
0: Um. Anyway. The fourth week of Advent, and we were t- some of the themes we want to just delve into a little bit are about signs and and how we recognize um, or have the possibility of recognizing God's um, inbreaking into our life as signs by looking at of how they're spoken about in the readings this weekend, as well as as our own lives, and and some you know, thoughts about marriage because the the gospel is that that beautiful. Um, I was going to say a line from Charlie Brown Christmas.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, oh Lord. If we- If we actually have a very serious (laughs) issued podcast this week, this is a miracle.
0: And I actually think Charlie Brown Christmas was Luke, not Matthew, anyway. So, anyway, from Matthew's gospel. (laughs) If anybody's still listening, um, I apologize. So, uh, the reading from Isaiah is the Lord spoke to Ahaz, saying, Ask for a sign from the Lord your God. Let it be deep as the netherworld or high as the sky. But Ahaz answered, I will not ask, I will not tempt the Lord. Then Isaiah said, listen, O house of David, is it not enough for you to weary people? Must you also weary my God? Therefore the Lord himself will give you this sign, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall name him Emmanuel. So uh, we know the name Emmanuel means God is with us. But the, the, the thing that struck me just about that reading uh, very simply is th- there's still even Ahaz and Isaiah are questioning signs. Or, or the people yeah. are questioning signs, and they're saying, "We need a sign." And Isaiah said, "Why do you need a sign? Like, why are you tempting God?" So it's it it's not something that only occurs to us. We've been thinking about this for thousands of years.
1: Yeah, signs are important because we then we get the sign, <clears throat> we get the sign too from uh, from the angel, um, in in the gospel. Uh, let me just read uh, mm-hmm. Matthew's gospel here. Um. And this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about, when his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found with child through the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, since he was a righteous man, yet unwilling to expose her to shame, decided to divorce her quietly. Such was his intention when, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David... Do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home, for it is through the Holy Spirit that this child has been conceived in her. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Manuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took his wife into his home. (laughs) And so, like, we see the, just as we see the people, you know, uh, clamoring for a sign, and and then Isaiah prophesies about what that sign will be, um, you know, to to give the the people hope, uh, we also then see, uh, you know, a sign here of of God's, of, of God, you know, uh, helping Joseph in this matter, uh, providing a sign of the
0: angel appearing to him in a dream. Did you ever have a sign, any part in your life where you look back now and you say, oh, that was a sign of something, a divine sign I'm talking about?
1: Oh, definitely. Uh, um, it, you know, it's uh, today we, we celebrated Mass uh, at uh, in the morning here, and the Mass was actually offered uh, to the honor of the Blessed Mother. Mm-hmm. And uh, really, for mass, all we did uh, was just take moments, like the moment of the mass, to like think about how the Blessed Mother has affected our life, and and uh, you know, in, in a positive way, and how she has helped us through some of our moments in life. Um, and all throughout, as I'm praying the mass, <clears throat> all I kept thinking about is all of the very obvious ways I've seen and encountered the blessed mother working in my life. Mm-hmm. And then there were moments where like in the prayer of the mass, some of the the moments that I had forgotten about had, uh, had, had, Oh, they started come to, come to come back. They came back. Oh, it's beautiful. You know, so like for, for me, uh, you know, uh, some of the most impactful moments for me of, of, of the signs of how the Lord has communicated to me, have been wrapped in, like, the presence or uh, the subtle, just beautiful message Mm -hmm. of the Blessed Mother for me. You
0: use the word subtle, and I think you're spiritually attuned, I, on the other hand, are not. And I might have told this story, but it bears repeating now. I was considering um, coming back into campus ministry. I had left for a while. I was still in the school, but doing other jobs. And I was invited back, and I was thinking of it. And, and praying over it because there's, there's, it's a little bit different than a teacher's schedule. Um, it's You're doing um, many, many different things. The hours are pretty long. Um, occasionally, you'll go to you know Belize for the weekend for a procedure. For
1: a procedure. Yeah.
0: Um, but there's a lot of time away from home. My kids were younger at the time. So I was really thinking about it. So I went out for a run. And there's a, there's a highway, a two-lane highway uh, right near the school. So I was waiting for a night event to start. So I just went out for a run. And as I'm coming back towards the school in the – distance, I see people walking towards me. And actually, I thought they were students at first because school was over. And as I got closer, I realized it, it, they weren't that. And it looked like there was a cross coming towards me. I said, no, there's no way. There's a cross coming towards me. And I kept running closer and they're getting closer to me. I said, well, that is a cross. And I kept getting closer. And it was these three guys that had a cross, the little wheels on the bottom, and they were carrying it like out to Montauk. And they were carrying this cross. And at first I'm thinking, wow, there's my sign. You know, that's, you know, God's asked me to carry this cross. And then I immediately felt like, because I'm such, I'm so dense, that it couldn't be subtle. Like you're talking about Mary coming to you subtly. This was not subtle. This is like God saying He's such an idiot. I have to actually show him the cross going down Montauk Highway for him to know that this is this is a sign.
1: And when do you ever see a huge crucifix going down right Montauk Highway?
0: But that's what he needed to show me, like because mm-hmm. I'm not going to get the subtlety. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to totally miss it.
1: But I, you know, one of the one of the things I I like, and and some some of you listening might have heard me say this before, and uh. But I think it bears repeating is that I think the signs that the Lord wants to reveal to us, they come in different ways for all of us. We're so unique and so, uh, so, you know, our, our relationship with Jesus is so personal and beautiful that the ways in which he chooses to speak to me that is, you know, unique, that pierces my heart in a deep way it's obviously very different from the way he does it with you.
0: Just like a parent who will deal with his or her children in different ways because he knows them.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I remember my father telling me that, you know, as I had gotten older, uh, into my adult years, uh, how he talked about how, you know, the, the challenge was to be able to like really take the time to, uh, feel what kid needed, what, you know, who, who could, who could take the criticism, who could take, who needed more affirmation, you know, uh, you know, the, it wasn't going to be a standard, you know, uh, a standard system all the way around. For It's the equity. We talk about
0: education. Yeah. It's the same, it's the same type of thing.
1: Exactly. And, and I think that, you know, uh, in many times I've had the opportunity to sit down with, with people, with, with students and with adults. <clears throat> and sometimes, you know, the, the question comes up, like, where was God in all of this? Or, you know, how do I know he's speaking to me? And you know it's it's a beautiful honor and a privilege as a priest to be able to have that uh that safe place of of being the one that people would confide in you with that mm-hmm. and then being the third party to listen to a situation or one's life and to be able to hear maybe what they have not been able to yeah. perceive and just say, well, what about this moment? Uh, does that connect to something in your childhood, or mm-hmm. you know, maybe God has been connecting this way with you, and maybe you just didn't know it, you know? And and to at moments to just see people's faces lighten up, like mm-hmm. lighten up with great joy to say, like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. he has been speaking to me all this time. Yep, you know, I just didn't see it, uh, or or to be able to help a student say, you know, like, hey, look. This was a moment and maybe this might be a template of a moment that like will repeat itself in different ways in, in the future mm-hmm. where God will kind of reconnect with you and speak with you like in your life when, you know, like when he knows you need that sign. So I think it's beautiful because like, you know, we, we see in different different figures in, in, the, in the Bible, those signs are different. You know, Joseph got an angel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but, but some of the other ones got, you know, other signs and miracles attributed to the how God spoke to them.
0: It seems to me that what you're doing in those situations is making known to the person, helping them connect the dots, but really you're making God's presence known to them now, that, that now God's presence is here, whether we realize it or not, but in these situations, you're, you're making it known to them. The, yeah. um, you know, there are, this room we're in, it could be any room on the planet, pretty much, not any room, but uh, this cell phone waves going through it, right? Um, I'm not really thinking about them. I'm not cognizant of it unless the phone sitting next to me goes off. Yeah. And that makes me realize that I, I think the, the idea of, of presence and acknowledging to God, you are all around, uh, makes these signs a lot and his presence a lot easier for us to know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I think you bring up a, a point. I just want to quickly just say something simply that, you know, one's holiness does not dictate whether or not God will speak to right. them more. Uh, God is trying to communicate with each and every one of us Yeah. every moment of every day. Mm-hmm. He is constantly peppering us <clears throat> with a message uh, or a sign of his love. Mm-hmm. I think when we talk about holiness of life and and his presence, I think, you know, especially in this case, uh, I I think one's holiness helps to, when one is living a holy life, it helps one to perceive and see the signs that God is, you know, throwing out. I I would also
0: add to that, it, it helps us be less distracted. Mm-hmm. by what's going on around us and we've been talking through advent this year and last year about the distractions that are that are all around us constantly mm-hmm. beckoning our attention and beckoning us to follow a path that's not really going to lead to joy or happiness just to hey we got the christmas yeah, know, yeah and then and, and what's the next thing on the agenda now yeah and and i think that uh, i like how you said it's not a, a sign of holiness but it leads to holiness it does because we're able to recognize those places that God is looking out for us, trying to break in our hearts that we may have missed.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but but I think that also kind of leads into like the second point of, uh, especially the gospel theme that I would like to just kind of touch upon, which is um, the betrothal
0: piece. Very mm-hmm. misunderstood. Very misunderstood, and very misunderstood.
1: I and, yeah. and I and I think it's a. I think there's something very beautiful for um, for us in here about the sacrament of marriage. <clears throat> so, uh, so when we hear in the gospel that uh, you know Mary and Joseph were betrothed to each other, um, it, it might have sounded or seemed seems like if, if we're just reading it at face value that like they were engaged, Paged. yeah. Um, you know that kind of period before. Uh, before marriage and commitment to each other, when in reality, uh, ancient Judaism, the betrothal would have meant they were, uh, they were married at that point. Yep. But there was this beautiful kind of um, time. The betrothal was this time where they, uh, they were spiritually committed to each other. Uh, in ancient Judaism, when one was getting married, uh, there was the, um, the situation where even though you had committed to marriage with each other, you might not be living with each other yet. And so that would have been like more of the, the spiritual uh, dimension of the relationship. It would have been a spiritual time to pray for your marriage, for mm-hmm. your spouse, as you were still kind of living within your parents you know roofs you know or homes under their uh, you know in their domain and then as the betrothal ended would have come time for the the physical coming together or consummation mm-hmm. of the wedding so there was this beautiful time before one was transitioning from from out of their parents roof or home into their home with their spouse, even in this, even in
0: marriage. <clears throat> he even says, it said he wanted to divorce her quietly. Right. You, you can't divorce someone you're not married to. And, and I I get we're going back and forth between, you know, uh, Aramaic, Greek, and English here. Um, but, but nevertheless, it's a pretty stark word. It was, this yeah. was more than just, Hey, we're going to, Hey, we're getting married.
1: Yeah, no. So like, uh, one of the things that it highlights for me that of uh, and I might have shared this with. Her. I apologize again if it's you know repetitious. Dude, I don't even listen to you. You don't listen to me, so I nobody should, else I is listening. So listen to So Just repeat it and, and just. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That is very true. You
0: could be reading a cake recipe right now.
1: <laughs> but uh, if any of you uh, want to read about what the church teaches about the sacrament of marriage. Diedrich von Hildebrand is one of my favorite uh, Catholic theologians, and uh, he was a married man uh, during the time of the Second Vatican Council in the, you know, the 40s, 50s, and 60s, and his, his breakdown of what the church teaches about marriage is some of the best stuff I've ever read. I'm not familiar uh, with him he's yeah he's not as widely known mm-hmm. uh, but he and his wife used to go around uh, throughout the entire world and give lectures on what the church teaches about marriage and they used to uh, they used to speak very eloquently uh, Diedrich used to speak very eloquently on uh, the beautiful connection between the unitive and the procreative dimensions of the sacrament of marriage and he, uh, when he talks about the unitive dimension that the church t- teaches, and we never hear this stuff, we never do, uh, because the church unfortunately has done a very poor job catechizing, uh, you know, uh, young people uh, about the sac, the beautiful gift and sacrament of marriage. Uh, but he talks about in the unitive dimension is the spiritual dimension of marriage. Uh, where I think in this this particular gospel lends itself to, uh, you know, understanding that, like, in this spiritual dimension of their marriage, in this spiritual transition between Mary and Joseph, with this unexpected pregnancy um, and uh, the, the life-changing completely going to – Right, going to Bethlehem,
0: yeah, not and, finding a room. <clears throat> not only unexpected, unexplainable,
1: R- right? You know,
0: that day adds a whole other layer to this.
1: Yeah, I mean, that alone, yeah, destroys relationships. My God, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and so it's like, not,
0: you know, it's not your child, yeah, uh, and and by the way, I'm a virgin. Right, have that conversation, see how that goes. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, and so like for that to take place during the this particular time in the betrothal, during this spiritual. Um, preparation Mm -hmm. for them coming together to live as one family uh, is, is, I think is, is important for you and I to be able to understand for like married couples that like the spiritual dimension of your relationship, the prayer time that, that one takes, uh, that couples take out of their, out of their time in their day to force themselves to pray together uh, strengthens the yeah. bonds of marriage to handle the difficulties of the relationship. I mean, uh, you know, I, I I'm not, uh, I, I'm not educated at this uh, in the in, in like the experiential. Mm-hmm. Do you want to add to that?
0: I think the the thing that it, it says to me is the. Just because God is showing us a sign and just because God is calling us doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. And, and you were you were spelling that out. You know, it wasn't easy for Mary and Joseph to find a place to have the child. And I've said, you've heard me say this before, if God is calling, say I'm Joseph and, you know, Jen was Mary and God is calling us, I think we got it made. This is, this gonna be great. We're going to have God's son. And it turns out to be physically horrible for them, spiritually wonderful. But physically horrible because like you were starting to say they don't have the ch- they had no place to have the child you would think at the very least there would be a you know a, a, a place that would be safe and secure and not smell and not be cold and all that stuff right. and then they go into exile you know they they' they're refugees you know if you've ever watched a documentary or a movie on refugees the idea of not having a home yeah. is my, I, I can't even conceive of it. Never mind having it with a child, you know, and yeah. caring for a child, and then ultimately fast forward thirty years later, and you know she is watching him die on a cross. So it it was never easy for them. Yeah, they but they recognize the sign. But be, the the way what I hear you tying together there, well, is the idea that they prayed together and they were with one another, right? Um, and had that relationship and that openness to God and that presence to God. And we you know today we would we would call that grace. And and I think that experience. For any married couple that is listening to this, would say, "Yeah, it it's it it could be wonderful, but there are times there's no way you could prepare for, it. right? Because things will happen, and and it, whether it's something that comes from the outside, whether it's poor decision, wh- whatever it might be, it, it's it's going to impact your life, and that that spiritual component, that spiritual dimension, is what carries people through." Yeah,
1: <clears throat> excuse me. You know when i when I have the opportunity to sit down with uh, couples, I love doing I love doing marriage intakes. Mm-hmm. I love meeting with couples. I love sharing in that joy. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm honored because I get like a front row seat mm-hmm. into into marriages into people's relationships. And you know, like once again part of the beauty of the priesthood is that people can get vulnerable if they see that they can be comfortable with yeah. you. Mm-hmm. They can be vulnerable
0: with you. You're You've set trust. up a safe yeah. space and a trusting space. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, um, uh, you know, one of the things I try to explain to couples, uh, young couples now coming for, for marriage is, you know, I asked them, I said, well, why be honest with me? Why are you coming to the church to get married? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, uh, Isaac, because you can get married anywhere Everywhere, now. Yeah. Like nobody, 50 years ago, <clears throat> there would have been the taboo yeah, for you to a little break judgment, the judgment from yeah. your family and from your friends. You're not, you're not doing what is supposed to be done, mm-hmm. you know, where now, you know, if you wanted to get married on the beach, you could get married on the beach, yep. you know, like, you know, it's still not right. Like in the eyes of the church, it doesn't work, but like the culture is not against you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, uh, you always get these beautiful responses. And so like when we go deeper into it, cause they, they do want God's presence there. And, and then we kind of talk about like how we're going to move forward in the six months, the year that we'll have together journeying to their wedding day. And I try to tell them like, I'm like, look, I'm going to break down simply like it. And I'm going to be maybe even oversimplifying what marriage life, like your relationship is going to look like. It's like a three legged stool. You know, you're physically attracted to each other. Uh there's that that there's that leg on the three legged stool. There's the, you know, the emotional psychological dimension, you know, that uh of that stool. And then there's the spiritual. Now I'm I'm oversimplifying that.
0: Yeah, but it makes sense. But it does make sense, Absolutely. though, Right when you mm-hmm. break it down yeah. to its nuts
1: and bolts, right? right? I mean, you guys, a couple is physically attracted to each other, mm-hmm. right? There's that component. They, you know, they're working in their communication on the on the emotional, psychological. You know, what makes them tick, and you know their family of origin and all that kind of stuff. But all three of those legs have to be strong. And I and I tell them, I was like, well. I don't know where you are now. Maybe we can like start like if it's if you're at a basic level, or maybe you're just praying separately to find time to pray together to strengthen that spiritual leg Mm -hmm. of the uh, of the stool, so that like when you sit on that, Mm -hmm. you have a strong foundation. Yep. You know, it doesn't crumble because all three of those, if all three of those are not strong, something's gonna give. Yeah. And the relationship will crumble. You know
0: and if particularly particularly the relationship with God and because I, this is just my opinion and I even, we didn't really talk about this too much as far as where we were going, so this is might not make sense. But if you were, you were to take or weaken the God component, you're gonna I think naturally try to make up for it with the other two with the other two. And then for sure. then it becomes about me and it becomes about us hundred percent. Yeah. I don't even think I told you this. I met this couple from Kansas this weekend. Um, they are missionaries and they were down in – did I mention I was in Belize this weekend? I wasn't sure if I had mentioned that to you. I thought you had a medical procedure. Yeah, that's that's where I was in <laughs> case you were looking for me. But in all seriousness, this, this beautiful couple, they were down there with their three children all under the age of uh, nine. And they were living in the hotel room, but they they're just doing mission work. And I said to them, um, "Like, how long are you going to be down in Belize?" And they said, "You know, as long as God calls us." Mm. And as a father of four and someone who's been married for a long time, that that blows me away. But their their relationship with with God is so good, yeah. you know, that they're able to say, "I'm going to give up the the comforts of living in Kansas, you know, or living in the United States, or wherever you know, pick your place." That they felt they could do this and and bring about not not just God's word but God's healing through through concrete actions of of support and help, you know. Man, uh, and uh, they are very very remarkable. But uh, and and those types of examples go on all over the place, all over the place. I mean, my my you're probably was, privy to them more than even me because you're. Closer.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, oh, well, first and foremost, seeing my parents just mm-hmm. kind of go for walks. You know, in the busyness of the afternoon, everybody's back from school and them going for a walk around the block, one, to probably get away from all of us, but two, they would go and pray together. Yeah. They would go and pray yeah. together and they would go pray the rosary around the block. And, you know, I, and I tell couples, I, I, I think, you know, I, I tell them, I said to pray together because they're just so used to praying maybe their own particular prayers uh, by themselves. And that's something that they want to keep for themselves. They don't want to share with mm-hmm. the other. But they both acknowledge that, like, they need to be vulnerable with each other for the relationship to grow. Yeah. And so, like, there becomes this this willingness as we're talking, mm-hmm. you know, when, when I'm sitting down with couples, there becomes an open dialogue about, like, Hey, can there be the opportunity maybe before you go to, to sleep that you, you pray together, you know? Um, and, and and like, just ask, thank God for the blessings and thank him for allowing you to get through the struggle of the day. Um, or just thank each other for the blessing of each other. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, because then that adds to the, Vulnerability. And I think there can be a hesitancy there because when we pray, we're really true with ourselves. Yeah. And there's a real vulnerability there because that's some of that stuff is just between us and God. Yeah. And now to let somebody else into that, I have to trust on a whole nother level Mm -hmm. than just talking about maybe my emotional, psychological concerns and family stuff. This is different because now we're maybe incorporating some sin. Yeah. Or some guilt, mm-hmm. you know, or some stuff of the past. And that opens up another door that like when received, if it's true love and you're like going to spend the rest of your life with that person, it just brings one deeper into love. And and that's, I think, part of the beautiful um, gift of this, this week in Advent is that we get a great template of married life, and the spiritual component that a couple needs from Mary, like as Mary and Joseph display, about how to deal with and enter into maybe difficult moments with a unified heart of prayer.
0: You really summarize that well, because... If you think about it, the vulnerability, you keep using that word vulnerability, which I like, but the vulnerability that a married couple shows to one another through their their physicality with one another, through taking care of one another when they're sick, like you you see each other at worst possible moments. And then the, the, even the, 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 the mental anguish that anybody has in their life, you know, you're vulnerable to that, but yet, a lot of times the prayer vulnerability can be harder for the reasons that I think you articulate. Yeah. We're, we're easy with those other two vulnerabilities of going back to your three-legged stool thing. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, 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 it seems like there was easier to overcome because the, the prayer life I think is maybe the, the most personal thing that we have. Yeah. And, and maybe if you're being rejected or not understood or, um, or not relatable.
1: Yeah. So my friends out there, you know, Um, be perceptive, Mm -hmm. uh, try to be perceptive this week and the weeks that follow during, especially during this Christmas season of, you know, the ways in which, you know, God might be, uh, kind of giving you a God wink or, Mm -hmm. you know, a little, a little sign that he's listening to you, that he cares about you, that he's giving you messages of his love. Um, and then for married couples out there, um, Kind of looked at this uh, this example of, of this part of the gospel between Mary and Joseph of this beautiful moment of how the intensity of their prayer for each other and with each other was the very thing that helped them get through a very challenging time in their union as husband and mm-hmm.
0: wife. And I'm gonna also ask for a prayer for all of our listeners because the the <laughs> threatening gift that you're mentioning for next week is I have to say it's just making me a little nervous.
1: I just want you to share I'm it.
0: I'm not the biggest Christmas person to begin with and now you're you're making it harder. So if you wouldn't say a prayer for me and maybe we'll try to record next week after I've received it <laughs> so we can uh you know end it the thing. It would mystery be my joy. You. Have a good week, everyone. God bless guys. Take care.